Well, if you if you got a Bible, first pray that my black glasses don't keep falling off. Yeah. Yeah, some gum to stick them babies on there. So, uh, anyway, uh, if we are in the in the book of, of Genesis, and we're going to look at chapter 29, and uh, I use, sometimes I title the message, sometimes I don't, but the camera guys always make me come up with one, so sometimes I got to shoot on the fly. And, uh, and I titled this one, Jacob's Mess. You ever made a mess in your life? And, uh, and you just think about the messes, and, and uh, I look back over my life, and I'm just thinking, wow, there were so many of them. And yet, that's where I get a lot of my messages, is, <laughs> is from the mess. And, um, and I think that it's, it's really a human condition. It's just something that we, we all experience, uh, some worse than others, uh, Oh, no, I, shouldn't I, should, I shouldn't say worse, probably uh, some uh, larger than others. And, um, and so it, it's, uh, it's something we're prone to as, as sinful fallen people. And so uh, we'll, we're going to see that here in, in Jacob's life as we looked last time of, of him uh, heading towards um, finding a wife and God speaking to him. We looked at, uh, at Jacob's ladder and... Um, and, and what it's like being on that top prong of the ladder, that it's, you know, it's, it's unsettling at times. It's, it's pretty easy when you're on the ground and you got a hold of the ladder in one foot but uh, up, but uh, you start climbing up that ladder and a lot of times it gets, uh, gets kind of freaky. And so uh, Jacob has, has met with God and there's a, there's a process we call in Christendom, it's called a sanctification. And so you come to God, and, and he starts doing a work in your life, and, um, and all of a sudden you start, you start looking at things differently, right? You, you, you even start thinking differently, and sometimes you really start talking differently, right? When the Lord removed the F word from my vocabulary, I was stunted, You know, I was just, I didn't know how to talk. And um, it is just amazing, that process and how, and he does the work. God is doing a work. And um, in all of our lives, and I, the question is, is are, are we in step with him, right? Because uh, sometimes we got our own interests. We lean on our own understanding, right? We get a heart full of pride. We... We turn left, we turn right, and um, we take a break, or we feel like, you know, you, you deserve a break today. That was a commercial, right? Who was that? What was that? McDonald's. McDonald's. 12 beef patties, fish, slice of those cheese pickles, and you don't have seed bun. Because you, you used to be able to get a Big Mac if you could say that really fast. And I learned it because I liked Big Macs. Uh, but... But all those things, all those things are kind of pulling back. And, and the Bible says that no man setting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You're just not fit. And so suck it up, buttercup, and keep walking with Jesus. And, uh, 
And so Jacob has this initial experience with seeing this ladder going to and fro. And we looked last week, it's, it's Jesus, right? He, he is that, that, that stairway, right, to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way, sorry. There's no other ladder to get to heaven. And he is it for us. And so um, I'm going to take this in chunks. Uh, but before I do, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's absolutely amazing, the truths and the, the glory and the, uh, Lord, the instruction that we leave or read about and, and Lord, the, the, the uh, correction that you bring to us and the, and the um, Lord, the, the power of God uh, and, and this word that you give us that cannot be broken. And so I pray that as we look at it and read it today, um, Lord, that you would, we would all just gain some cool little nuggets out of this story of a man who was just like us, a man of like passion. And, uh, and, and the women in his life were women of like passion, and the children in his life were children of like passion, Lord. And uh, they're, they're, they're not necessarily a holy people, uh, only because you're the one that set them apart, and so it is with us. So we pray that you'd speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we start off with a bang here. And so Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. And he looked and saw a well in the field. And behold, there was three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of the well, they watered the flocks. A large stone was on the well's mouth. And now all the flocks would be gathered there. And they would roll the stone from the well's mouth and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place on the, the well's mouth. And Jacob said to them, my brethren, where are you from? And they said, we are from Haran. And then he said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, we know him. So he said to them, is he well? And he said, he is well. And look, his daughter, Rachel, coming with the, sh coming with the sheep. Then he said, look, is it still high day? Is it not time for the cattle to be gathered together and water the sheep and go and feed them? But they said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and they have rolled the stone from the well's mouth and then the water, then we water the sheep. Now, while he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep for she was a shepherdess, and it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's, of his mother's brother, and, La and Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father father's relative and that he was Rebekah's son. And so she ran and told her father. And then it came to pass when Laban heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And so he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him for one month. So, uh, it is amazing, uh, this, this journey that um, Jacob is on. Obviously, they didn't have any GPS back then or navigation system, right? Uh, they did. They could navigate by the sky uh, with the stars, uh, sometimes with the sun. But, um, but he, he walks right 
to his family. Um, why? Do you remember the God that he saw there at Bethel that was standing above the ladder speaking to him? And, and God was with him and God, God took him to that place. And the reason he went back, we know, is because his mom, Rebecca, and his dad, Isaac, were so concerned that he was going to marry a floozy. Right? Well, they were pretty loose living Canaanites, right? It's pretty bizarre when you study the history of, of how per perverse that culture was. That's why God told them, go out and go in and kill them all. All of them, men, women, children, kill them all. Because if this progresses, the judgment that would come upon that people group throughout the centuries, God said, no, let's just end it here. And so in a sense, it was God's mercy. And, um, and so he is on his way. He knows what he's going to do. He's going to find him a bride. Yeehaw. Got any young guys out there looking for a bride? I got some instructions for you as we go along here. Uh, today. But, um, but Proverbs 16, 9, right? You, you know this. Uh, it's, it's a powerful, it's a powerful scripture. A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. My wife and I had dinner with this young couple last night. They're, these, they're bizarre. Uh, and their story is just so bizarre. But I mean, they are like Jesus freaks. They're involved in a little town church and he was a, was a philosophy student at the University of Georgia. She grew up in New York, was a, was a dancer way off into the new age movement. They come together, you know, and, and kind of share their worldly ideas. They get married, live for a couple of years. Things aren't quite working out and he gets saved. And when within 24 or 48 hours, she gets saved. And I mean, these kids, their lives are uh, so different. And, um, and they got a couple kids and, and uh, we were just, I mean, they're, they're, God was very specific in directing their steps. He knew exactly where he was gonna take them. And uh, they, are, they are setting the, the world on fire for Jesus. And I'm just like, wow, that gives me hope. Because I know, I looked in the mirror this morning and, and uh, I'm fading away. <laughs> you know what really gets me is this little hangy down skin right here. <laughs> it just, it kind of flaps. You know, I'm just, I hope the wind don't blow too hard. It'll sit there and start flapping. It's like, really? I'm going to start wearing my shirt, buck, you know, buttoned up to the top. It's terrible. But it's so encouraging to know that God is, God is on the move. He's working in people's lives. He's working in Jacob's life here as he, as he takes him truly to his mother's family. Um, he looks and he, and he sees this well. And, um, and a well in scripture is always a type of life, right? Jesus there on that, at that great feast, right? He stands up and he, he pours that, the pitcher of water out. He says, if any of you thirst, come unto me and drink. And, uh, and out of you, life will come. That water doesn't just sustain you, but it sustains others, speaking of the Holy Spirit there. And so he comes near this well. He, he, he rocks right up to the well. 
a stone is rolled away, a bride is found. Um, amazing that he walked right into where this is. So there's, there's statistics. And years ago, I heard this statistic and I thought that can't be possible. But, and back then we were probably just less than 7 billion people. Now we're over 8 billion people in the world. And um, the statistic today is that um, any person in the world is only 6% away from you. Any person in the world. And that means that you can talk to six people and find anyone in the world. You heard the term, right? It's a small world, right? It's a small world. And yet the, the, the wilderness there where Jacob was, it was vast. And yet God directed his steps perfectly. And, uh, and he walks right in and he starts talking, right? He talks to those guys there in verse five and says, and he said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And the kids said, yeah, we know him. Now these are kids, right? The, the, the shepherds were kids or like my Mexican friend, uh, the friend in uh, Costa Rica said, kids, they're kids. She's the one that told me, Pastor Scotty, you're just a big kid. <laughs> and, um, and they're young. And that's why the stone probably isn't rolled away. And, um, and so he engages with them. He's, um, he, 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 he sees and they say, hey, here's Rachel coming. And, um, Notice what he says there in verse 7. He tries to kind of move him along. He's going, uh, um, I knew it's here somewhere. Then he said, look, it is still high day. Is it not time for the cattle to be gathered together and water the sheep and go and feed them? It's like, he's kind of like, you, you guys get out of here because I'm going to talk to her. And they refuse, so, so Rebecca comes on up, and um, he, uh, he no doubt probably, probably, I'm just assuming, he probably likes what he sees, and, um, and he, um, he goes over and he, um, he rolls a stone away. Maybe he's like doing a little flexing. You've been around people like that, right? check this out in the gym right in the gym I know this because I used to do that okay but now it's all filled with cellulite so it's not even fun anymore I mean you try you got is there can't see it anymore right but but Jacob, he says, he's on it, man. He's like, hey, I'll get, I'll get that well. I'll, I'll water your sheep because I want you to like me. Um, so this, he takes the stone off. And, and when you when they read the Bible, you know, and you've been through it for a while and you start seeing types, right? Because we've all heard, right? That Jesus is on, on every page uh, of the word. And here you got to, a well's mouth, and they cover it with a stone, probably trying to keep animals from falling in and dying and, you know, contaminating their drinking water. So they keep it covered up. But while it's covered up, no life comes out of the well. 
and the life that we was talking about. But when the stone is rolled away, then everyone has access to life, right? Isn't that just a beautiful picture? It's like, Jesus truly is on every page, right? He's in every type and uh, just, just a beautiful picture there. And so he probably rolls the stone away to show his strength. This is happening really fast because, you know, he comes in, he sees her, you know, uh, and initially he kisses her. Now, some people think, really? Did he just force himself on her? Well, in that culture, a kiss many times was just a greeting. Most believe that it was a greeting. He didn't really force him. He just said, hello, how are you? Do the side to side thing. And, and it was a greeting. But then, but then he starts crying. <laughs> Rachel's probably going, dude, get a grip. Come on. Man up a little bit. You know? but, but we know that Jacob is a, he, he is sensitive. And, um, uh, but he's also a man. Do you know that men can be sensitive? Because we're kind of living in a world where people are so sensitive, they lose their, lose their manliness, right? Uh, you can be both. We saw that with King David, right? Somebody has called King David the full package, right? He's a warrior. I mean, this dude, he bring it on. He didn't care what it was. He'd fight, right? Um, but, but his heart was for the Lord. And we see David weep. We see him, we see him repent, man. If you want a great study on repentance, look at the life of David. David knew how to get right with God and stay right with God. Do you? It's important to know how to get right with God. And um, it's really simple, right? A lot of times you just uh, humble yourself, humble yourself, and uh, the Lord will show up in a mighty and a powerful way. And um, so... She must have been su- surprised when he, when, he, when he started weeping. And in verse 12, she takes off and she runs uh, to tell her family. Um, hey, Rebecca's son, wow. No doubt she's heard uh, or maybe him even had met Rebecca before uh, the, the servant, Abraham's servant, went and, had went and gotten her. And verse 13, it says, Then came to pass when Laban heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And so he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with them for one month. And so maybe he wept because he finally felt like he wasn't alone anymore. You ever feel like you're alone? A lot of times you can be in a crowded room and feel alone. But I just want you to know, folks, that um, a lot of us go through those loneliness stages. Uh, I remember hearing Chuck Smith years ago talking about being in the ministry. It can be really lonely, right? Because people push put you up on a pedestal and they think you got all the answers and you're just a flesh ball and that God has chosen to use. And, you know, the expectations are way too high sometimes. Because uh, a minister isn't Jesus. And like I told you, Pastor Gabriel, I felt like he nailed it when we were down there in Costa Rica. I'm not no shepherd. I'm just a sheep dog. Right? And, um, and just being able to point out uh, 
lives and and wolves and and those things but uh but laban's excited to meet his sister's son and and um laban uh putting his arms around him and kissing him he's like you belong here right do you have that sense that you belong to something i think that's why people come to church but that's the same reason that people go to bars <laughs> right just depending on where you want to fellowship do you want a fellowship with a bunch of slobbering drunks? Or do you want a fellowship with some folks that might have had something going on? Right? And um, not that some Christians I know over the years, I've met Christians that would go to bars and, and minister to people. Or they wouldn't drink. They wouldn't sit down and have a beer. They would just go in and sit down and just make themselves available and, and minister to people. It's not... The, we would be as sitting in a church any better than if somebody was sitting in a bar. I might say we're maybe a little better off because you'll remember what happened yesterday. But, um, but he kind of has a sense of, oh, wow, I, I, I do belong here. I'm, I'm home. I'm around my people. And um, it's... Uh, A beautiful thing to see somebody settled in and, and in an element where they they do experience love and they do experience a place and a and a purpose and so he stays there with his uncle Laban for a month now I got to stop right here for a second and and go back to Genesis chapter 24 you remember when Abraham sent his servant to go get Isaac a wife Rebecca right Laban's sister and he, um, he did some things uh, a, a little differently than what Jacob did. And um, as he's going along, he prays this servant that many liken that servant to the Holy Spirit that, that goes and gets this wife. And he prays this. He says, oh, Lord, God of my master, Abraham, this is in Genesis 24, 12. Please give me success this day and show kindness to my master, Abraham. And then God immediately, right, kind of the same scenario. Immediately he sees Rebecca coming. He going, oh, that's the one, right? Uh, God has provided. So this sermon, he, he had prayed a prayer of petition for God's uh, direction and then prayed a prayer of praise, acknowledging the Lord's providence after he shows him Rebecca. So this whole getting a wife thing was saturated in prayer. So I got I to gotta point something out, gentlemen. <laughs> you better pray about that wife. Because we're going to see here, Jacob didn't pray. And you talk about a mess when it comes to girls. Isaac's wife was prayed for and picked by God. Do we see Isaac having another wife? You don't. In Scripture, you don't see Isaac having another wife. In fact, after, after Jacob leaves, we don't hear much about them anymore. So did they maybe just live a peaceable, quiet life? simply because somebody prayed for Rebecca. Now we know that they had their troubles. They had their own messes, right? They didn't have this kind of trouble. Prayer is a powerful thing. Jacob doesn't pray. 
Uh, he's still relying on his own understanding, right? He's not totally sanctified to the point where he would he would start bringing before the Lord um, pretty um, pretty big life issues. <laughs> you think it's a big life issue for you to get married, girls? It's a big thing. I had resigned to the fact I was not going to get married. I wasn't going to do it. I seen trouble. I seen the trouble my mom had. Right? She had four marriages. My my um, dad had three marriages. My older sister had two and, well, then a cobbled up mess in between, right? And I'm going, I ain't doing that. So I go to a Bible study one, and this girl has the audacity to pray for me to have a godly wife. I'm 25 years old, right? And um, she prays for me to have a godly wife. Two weeks later, I end up taking this neighborhood girl that didn't know Jesus, and I was scared to death of her, but she wanted to go to a Bible study. I said, oh, you can come, you and your daughter can come to a Bible study with me. The same woman that prayed for me to have a godly wife led my wife to the Lord. And because I'm like, uh, you stay over there. Because we both had skeletons in our closet, right? We, we weren't going to go there. And I, I we, we went, you stay over there. I'll let you go to the Bible study with me. But, you know, we're, we're just kind of keeping our distance. You know how those things happen. And um, so this girl prays for her. She gets saved. She tells me that night as we're driving home that she gave her heart to Jesus. And my wheels start turning. Oh, well, I thought, really thought you were cute. couple days later I go you want to do marriage canceling <laughs> she looked like me at me like I had three heads because I said hey you're saved and you know hey we we can head in that direction and we're either and I'd heard this I don't know if it was Jay Barnum McGee or who's or I heard a pastor say one time he says you're either headed to the altar or heartache well I don't want the heartache thing so if we're gonna head we can do the marriage counseling if it doesn't work right then we'll um We'll just throw the towel in and we'll be friends and I'll, I'll see you from a distance. So we did. By a crazy Italian guy, he did our wedding uh, counseling. Mike Spallioni, I'll never forget him. He was a, he was a Juco uh, football player that had way too many hits to the head. <laughs> and he took me and my wife through the Book of Solomon. Uh, the Song of Solomon, excuse me. Song of Solomon, you know. And we had to do these things. And I mean, you should have seen her eyes roll. <laughs> this is the corniest thing ever. You know, we had to look at each other, hold each other. He says, I want you to look at each other in the eye. And I want you to hold each other's hand. And I want you to say, I find no fault in you, my love. <laughs> Connie's going, ah, no way. I ain't doing that. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But you know, as we look back, the Lord was doing something there. It was, it's awesome. He, he kept us and he, he's blessed us. And, um, and we diverted quite a few messes just by what we did and what we didn't do, by the way. Uh, and the Lord blesses that. And so 
uh, I, I see that Jacob is still still kind of operating here uh, in the flesh. Then we we move along here. I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, another pretty good chunk here. Verse 15. Then Laban said to Jacob, "Because you're my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wages be?" Now Laban had two daughters, and the name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the Younger was Rachel, and Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. You know what I mean, man? Now, Jacob loved Rachel. Well, of course. He's hormonal. I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because the love he had for her because of the love he had for her. And then, and then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife for my days are fulfilled that I may go into her. You know what that means? Do I have to interpret? Okay. That's a Bible. All right. Come on. <laughs> and Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. Man, it must have been dark. And he went, and he went into her. And Laban gave his, his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Was it not Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And uh, I better better stop there. (laughs) The old switcheroo. Wow. He thought he had met his match. You remember, guys, you all remember what Jacob meant? You know what he, what Jacob means? Heel catcher, supplanter, conniver, singe cutter, whatever you want to call him, right? He's going to get the upper hand. Birthright stealer. Um, blessing stealer. Well, he didn't really steal the birthright. He just was a master negotiator, <laughs> a bowl of beans, right? Um, so, um, pretty, pretty wild stuff here. And um, he calls for a celebration, does the old switcheroo, right? And he goes into her. Well, I mean, obviously, that's the the technical. Uh, Biblical word is consummation, right? Doesn't that sound so uh, unexrated? It's it's consummation, and so the marriage was consummated. Now, in the Bible, in the Bible, when that happened, the ex the the excuse me the sex act carried a lot of weight, right? Exodus twenty two sixteen says, if a man seduces a virgin who is is not betrothed and lies with her. He shall give the bride price for her and make her his wife because of the sex act. She had to become his wife. That's what God made it for, right? This, this intimacy between a man and a woman that is very, very beautiful when it's, when it's operated in, the, in the, the scope of God's will and God's plan, right? For procreation and actually pleasure for a man and a woman in their relationship. 
It's a beautiful thing. Some people think it's, it's not dirty. It's dirty when it's twisted and out of order. And even this would probably be considered a, a little bit underhanded, but, but it was a done deal. Notice he didn't put her away or try to do a divorce. We don't see anything about divorce really until uh, the law of Moses. And Jesus said he only allowed that because of the poor woman who was subject to this jerk that didn't want to be her husband anymore. And it was really for the, the woman to, ha to have an out uh, because she was more considered uh, maybe property. But it carried a lot of weight. You get in the book of Leviticus. Sex is a big thing. It's a big problem. You heard me talk last week. It is a driving factor for what is going on with them kids that we uh, encounter down there. And you know what fuels it? Pornography. It fuels it. It takes it to a level that is beyond comprehension, even for a wicked dude like me. And so Leviticus talks about it. It says, the man who commits adultery with another man's wife, who commits adultery with his neighbor wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall be put to death. For, for a homosexual act, sex act, if a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they should surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. So the sex act had power on both ends. To seal a man and a woman together, right, on the righteous end, and to get condemned them pretty severely on the wicked end of a sex act. And so old Jacob and poor Leah, they're stuck. No pun intended. Because <laughs> we don't know what Leah's take on this. She was under the authority of her father, so he could do that. But we do know that Leah is said she had... Um, Delicate eyes. You ought to read the commentators on this. What does delicate eyes mean? People think that she squinted like this. <laughs> uh, that she was made partially blind. I heard one commentator said she, she, when you saw her, you went like this. It was, she was hard to look at, right? Hard on the eye. I had a kid one time that he came to me about my daughter. Uh, he told me, he said, she's really easy on the eye. <laughs> I said, don't you dare touch her, I'll kill you. <laughs> right? So, so he, he sinned, what, you know, you deceived me. Well, that is the pot calling the kettle black right there, Right? What, what, what goes around comes around, right? Isn't that true? Uh, Galatians 6, 7, and 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life. What goes around comes around. I don't care who you are, what you think you might be getting away with. You're not getting away with anything. It's going to come back. And this can be like that snake I, I shared about a few weeks ago that's going to bite you. Be sure of this. Your sin will find you out. <laughs> Jacob is starting to reap 
some of the things that he's sown, and it is making a mess in his life. Verse uh, 26, and Laban said, oh, uh, it must, I, I forgot to tell you, it must, it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give her, give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. And then Jacob said, and Jacob did so and fulfilled his week. And so he gave him his daughter, Rachel, as wife, and, La and Laban gave his maid, Bilhah, to his daughter, and Rachel as his maid. And then Jacob also went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served Laban for another seven years. Couple things here. I love that Jacob's not afraid to work, right? Some think that he might have had soft hands, you know, kind of a homebody in there. But, but he realized the call of a man, the call of a man is to work. You may not like it. I don't really like to work. But today, we don't see people that want to work. I talk to, to business owners, and especially when you talk to the labor forces, you know, construction company owners and stuff, and they, we cannot find people that will work a 40-hour week. That, you know, if it's, if it's hard labor and they come and they last a couple days and they're gone. And yet work is so good for us. And, and uh, so he, he jumps right in. He works for Rachel. Then he works another seven years. Says that he loved Rachel more than Leah. So here's this, this um, wifey rivalry. Uh, well, I'm glad they hung on that. Wow. But when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And so Leah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name, Bible trivia, Reuben, right? Uh, uh, I've received a son. For she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And, when she and then she conceived again and bore another son because the Lord was, because the Lord has heard that I am, oh, excuse me, I missed that. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon, right? Simeon. So, so these guys, their names, right? Their names mean, Reuben means see a son and Simeon means heard. God heard me. You know, God will hurt, hear you in your trouble, in your mess even that you've created. And this is poor Leah just stuck in a mess that her dad and her husband have created. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi, which we know what comes from the tribe of Levi, the law, right? The law comes attached right God comes along and he gives us this law and it attaches to us nobody gets away from God's law just just saying right there's only one way to get away from God's law and his name is Jesus right and uh, and so she calls his name Levi therefore she conceived again and bore a son and said now I praise the Lord therefore she called his name Judah right then she stopped bearing so God looks down, he sees all this mess. God looks down and he looks into your life, he looks into my life. He sees all our messes, right? 
And he is so willing to just enter in and work right in the middle of our messes. And the Lord can come up with all kinds of messages out of those messes. You know, he looks down at Rachel's life. Well, the consolation for Rachel is that Jacob loves her, but she's barren. She can't have kids. And that culture, that was, that was a curse. You remember Sarah, how she moaned, how Rebecca uh, told Isaac, pray for me lest I die because I can't have kids. And um, so Rachel's consolation was that God loved her. Leah's, Leah's consolation was that she was a fertile myrtle. Right? That's the way me and my wife were. I was just like, when we wash our underwear together, you get pregnant. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get in trouble when I get home. But anyway. But children are a heritage. It's, it's a blessing. And, and it's a much bigger picture. When you're going through a mess, there's a much bigger picture. Guys, listen, this life isn't about us. It's about him, right? It's about others. It's about us trying to put the us part of our life behind us and, and get away from it. Uh, like the old saying, you know, uh, there in Genesis where it said, uh, you know, and God spoke that he literally made something out of nothing. Oh Lord, help me become nothing that you can make something out of my life, right? And, and he's working in, in, in these people's lives. And um, uh, Laban instigated this. Laban's going to be blessed in the end. Jake's going to be blessed in the end. Then there's Leah and Zilpah, and they're, they're caught in this trap. Guys are such, never mind. Um, but God's going to deliver them out of, out of the, all their troubles. Our job, much like we saw with Abraham's servant, is to seek the Lord. Right? Pray. Bring things before him, before you jump in with both feet. Because so often when we jump in with both feet, there is a mess right on the tail of that. And so she names these boys, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Levi being the type of the law. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, 24, that the, the law is a schoolmaster to drive us to Christ. And that is the next son. The next son is Judah. That's who Jesus came from, right? The law is the schoolmaster to drive us to Christ. His name means praise. How many of you praise the Lord that the Lord Jesus Christ has captured your heart? right? Amen. And you know, if that hasn't happened in your life, let me just encourage you. Pray and seek him. Ask him, right? The Bible says the word is near you, even in your mouth. Confess the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead. It's so simple to humble ourselves before the Lord. I love, and I'm going to close with this, um, Isaiah chapter 55, verse six, it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The Lord is near you today. May you call upon him. May I call upon him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this, this beautiful story of a serious mess 
And Lord, we can so identify it as your people, Lord, that have just find ourselves just in turmoil sometimes and uh, wondering what's up, suspicious sometimes of, of people and, and motives, Lord, of, of others. And yet you tell us to just come before you and to be still and to know that you're God and you're going to work through it all. You're going you're gonna to clean things up. You're going to make beautiful, beautiful stories out of the, the hurt and the pain and the heartache and, and the loss, Lord, that, that we all experience. I've seen it over and over again. Lord, you use every single thing. And so, Lord, today I just ask that you would fall on us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we just want to surrender what we are, knowing that you're able to fill us and you're able to do uh, those things that we know are abundantly far above anything that we could ask or think. And so, Lord, uh, help us to be yielded. And we do that today. And, uh, Lord, just an attitude of, of humility and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.